Hi guys and welcome back to Midday Match with Livy. Clearly I am fucking Livy and I'm sick today. I'm like not doing well whatsoever. I'm really mostly concerned about the YouTube of it all because I'm not in studio right now. I'm actually in my bedroom when the real ones, the OGs, remember this was like my place to record for so fucking long. Like this was this was the studio before we had the studio, you guys. So it's kind of crazy to be back here. Not really. I just like I never thought I'd have to record at home again. But like you guys, I am not feeling great today. Like this makeup that I put on my face, don't even know how the fuck I did that. But yeah, just like your girl's going through it a little bit. She's a little bit sick. And I was supposed to I feel like I'm always supposed to go to Miami to see Nicole and something fucking comes up always. Today I'm sick and I have events next week, so I can't like go to Miami and I just like can't wear myself down even more. So I'm just a little bit annoyed with all of that. And nobody likes to be fucking sick. And like, I really don't like to be sick. Anyways, I did have an OCD compulsion yesterday that I did do. And it was just annoying. I feel like my OCD is like the worst it's been. So I got home and I upped my medication myself. If you're my psychiatrist listening to this, fuck off. Well, I mean, I'm on like the lowest thing and they were like, go to 15. And I was like, okay. And then I didn't like it because it was giving me disassociation. And I was like, bitch, I'd rather have disassociation than this fucking OCD. So here we are. Here we are. But this week's episode, we're going to do a little Q&A vibe. I feel like I have not done a Q&A in so fucking long. So mm. I'm drinking bone broth, like mind your fucking business. But I'm doing a little Q&A for this week's episode. And you guys asked some really good, some really good questions. And I'm like, slay. I love that for you guys. So let's look and see what we have today. Oh, there's a million selfies of me. Okay. What are my biggest accomplishments? Okay, I have my social media accomplishments and then I have like my personal life accomplishments. So we'll get into both, obviously, because I love talking about myself. Number one would probably be I was at the Second City in Chicago. That's where I've done all of my comedy training. So that is a huge accomplishment that I completed my entire comedy training by the age of 20. And then I was directing, writing, and producing sketch comedy shows. I think nobody knows that I did that, but I did do that. So that's where my background is. It's like in comedy, writing, and performance. So that's one of my biggest accomplishments was like putting up shows at the Second City in Chicago was a at the age I was too and like directing it and doing all these things. It was a very big accomplishment for me. I really loved that. But then we have the social media aspect of it all too, where it's like making building a business around my brand and becoming a business, I think is absolutely insane. And just the growth that I've seen on social media is probably one of like my biggest accomplishments because I always wanted social media. Like I always I looked back yesterday and I was just reminiscing on old vlogs and stuff. And it was even when I had like maybe 400 followers on TikTok or 4000 followers on TikTok, I was still posting as if I had the million that I have now. So I don't know. I would just say the growth on social media is definitely another one of my big accomplishments that I'm like, I don't know. It just feels like unfucking real. And just like the little things too of like one, hitting the million, two, getting a podcast studio, little things like that. But then I have like my personal achievements where it's I'm fully financially 
I've been financially independent since 18, but like very financially independent. And I'm able to hire my sister to be my assistant and bring her on my team and just have a team in general, I think is a really big accomplishment for me too. Because that's just something I've always I've always wanted. And I just have really great women around me that are on my team. And I like love that so much. So I have a lot of accomplishments that I really do love. And I would say, yeah, it's like the second city, the social media, and then just like the personal things. So Mm. am I leaving New York City? I kind of want to. I'm not going to lie. There's days where I wake up and I'm just like, I would love to be in a little farm town, but I think I'd only like that for a week. Like, I think I would not like that long term, but I think about that where I'm like, I'd love to be in a little farm town living my best life, maybe like upstate New York. I love New York City. I really do. But sometimes I do feel like I just need a break and I need to get away. So maybe I just need a vacation. And I'm like, I need to get away. Uh, Yeah, I just need time alone in the wilderness in the weirdest way. But I'm not leaving New York anytime soon. I would say within the next two to three years, I'll probably move out to LA full time. But by that time of my life, when I see myself moving to LA, I see myself like living in a home, like buying a home out there kind of thing. It's not like I'm just going to be like, woo, LA. Like I'm going to go to LA with the intent of settling down there for the rest of my life and I'll probably be on the outskirts of LA I don't think I'll ever be in like West Hollywood like no I don't want that I'll probably be in I always say the Calabasas area or even like Newport Beach area Mm. when it's time for me to raise a family I guess if I do that, it'll be in California. And I also want to retire my mom and I want to bring my mom out there with me, which like God bless my fucking soul because I don't know how that's going to work. But yeah, I love what I'm doing now social media wise and I think it's perfect to be in New York for that, but also work opportunities for what I want to do in the future. A lot of them are in LA. So who knows? Who genuinely knows where the wind will take me? But I'm not leaving New York anytime soon. New York has me for a couple years. I do love living my 20s in New York. And I know I'm going to look back and like, this is like the best fucking time ever. Even though I want to escape and go to the mountains uh, here and there. I think everyone has times like that. So yes, true obsession or like my guilty pleasure. Vanderpump Rules is my guilty pleasure. I fucking love Vanderpump Rules. Everyone always told me to watch it and I never did. I binged every single season. Oh my god, do I have like the most to say. I I love Vanderpump Rules. That's like my guilty obsession. Like Lala Kent, I fucking love you. I also like weirdly love Jackson Brittany. Like not that that's weird, but uh Stassi Schroeder. Like, don't get me started. I Katie, oh my god, please. Like I love Vanderpump Rules. And if you're like Livy, what the fuck are you talking about? Just go watch it. I also resonated with it a lot because of the simple fact that I was working in a restaurant with my best friends in my early 20s. We did not have drama like that, but it would be like the little things. I'd be like, I don't want to work today to my manager. And he'd be like, you have to work. And I'd be like, okay, whatever. Like just little things like that to even like taking shots in the basement. Oops, sorry. Anyways, but yeah, I don't know. I like resonated so much with the earlier seasons. I'm like, guys, this was us when we worked all together. So it's like, yeah. What is the best breakup advice I could give someone? Oh my. The person that you are right now during the breakup is not the person you're going to be in six months. You're going to have 
such a life transformation. Your life is about to become so beautiful, so amazing, so gorgeous. You're about to experience happiness and joy that you've never felt before. Like you have no idea what's waiting on you, what's waiting for you on the other side of that breakup. Like life is honestly beautiful after a breakup. And I know it doesn't feel that way as of right now, but there'll be a day where you're like, thank fuck that happened to me and made me the person I am today. And I know you're like, bitch, be so for real, but you will. You learn so much about yourself through a breakup. I personally love a breakup. I've always said this. It makes I glow up. My bank account glows up. Everything glows the fuck up. So I I do love a breakup. I'm not going to. I do love one. But also at the same time, I do hate one. Like I would love to not have to deal with breakups. But yeah. You're going to be okay too. I think that's a big thing. You, you probably feel hopeless and so alone. You're going to be okay, bitch. You're going to be okay. Does height matter in a guy? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, it does. Because of the simple fact that I'm the bitch who has date. <laughs> I've dated the five, eight men. I've dated them. I don't want to date them again. Will I probably? Yeah. No. I Okay. Five, eight's a stretch. Like I'm not going to do five, eight again, but I like five, 11 max, whatever. I don't know. In reality, no height doesn't matter. Like if I find my soulmate and he checks off every single box I have, but he's 5'10", I'm not going to leave him. I'm going to deal. But I don't know. It depends at what point of your life you're at. If you're at your superficial point in your life, you're just here to fuck around and have some fun. Height matters. Height really does matter. But if you're like, this is my soulmate. I love this man. But he's 5'9", suck it the fuck up. You're fine. You're fine. I don't think it matters. But I do at the same time. So I don't know. I'm indecisive. What do I think is the hardest part of having my own podcast? Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself for the future of Midday Matcha and the direction I want to take it in. And I will just say the weekly commitment is intense to do weekly episodes because also I'm writing the episodes, I'm directing the episodes, I'm editing the episodes, I'm doing everything. So, and then I have to send my clips to my graphic editor. I have to, I mean, I have to send my clips to my editor. I have to send my graphics to my graphic designer. I come up with the titles and my, I do have someone that does the bios for me, but, and I do have a great team that works with me on the podcast. Do not get me wrong. I would mostly say it's coming up with something every single week that I feel passionately about talking to you about. And I've done this for over three years now. A bitch has repeated a topic or two, but I kind of love that I have because I'm growing with you guys. So there's things that I've said three years ago that I probably don't fucking agree with, but that just means I'm growing. So growing with you guys is such a beneficial, though that's something about that's hard where it's like, I'll listen back. I'm like, the fuck was she on? And it's just like, Yeah. And just I would say the weekly commitment, but that is also the most important thing to me. Like I will always do a weekly episode. I actually need to work out with everybody what break I'm going to have and like how I'm going to do this. I think I want to put the podcast into seasons instead of what I'm doing currently because like the weekly episode, I deserve like a break here and there, but I would like to take like a month off in between seasons. So I think I'm going to do that. But yeah, like I've always... I put a lot of pressure on myself with the podcast and I don't feel like it's necessary. So that would be probably the hardest part of having it is just the unnecessary pressure and just like the weekly commitment. That's a weekly thing. And I don't fuck around about my posting schedule. You will see me posting weekly. So there's that. Okay. Healing after sexual assault. 
sexual assault trigger warning. Also, I see a lot of people on TikTok and even in my DMs being like, what does S.A. really mean? It's S.A., the fucking letters, S and A. I'm not saying an essay. I'm saying S.A., okay? That is the abbreviation for sexual assault because I don't want to trigger anybody by being like sexual assault and just like screaming it on TikTok. So I say S.A. Like I'm not hiding shit from you guys. It's S.A. It's sexual fucking assault. Sorry. I don't know why I'm getting so mad, but I've just had so many DMs like, what does that really mean? Bitch, I'm not hiding shit. I'm abbreviating so I don't trigger the fuck out of people. So that's that. Healing after sexual assault. Okay. If you guys have less, listened to my later episodes, you know that I've been sexually assaulted several times, actually. And I would say the biggest thing I learned about healing was in the moment, even the past, like even the year of dealing with sexual assault after it happened, I truly felt like I would never get over it. I felt as if this was going to be a part of me for the rest of my fucking life. And I've been essayed three times. And so every single time it happened again, I was like, how the fuck am I going to overcome this? But I always did. That was the biggest thing. I always did. I can remember back to the last time I was essayed and I had that therapy session. Oh my gosh, I'm getting a little emotional. I haven't talked about it. Not that I haven't talked about being sexually assaulted in so long, I feel like I've done a really amazing job of healing from it and taking my power back and feeling pretty good after getting sexually assaulted. And like, I I truly, you guys never thought I would get to this place that I am in right now where I'm like, it doesn't affect me anymore. It does not. Oh, a little bug. I have to kill it. Hold on. Oh, fucker. But yeah, it does not. Motherfucker. It does not affect me anymore. And at one point in my life, I thought it was going to rule my life forever. I thought there was no escape from being sexually assaulted. So yeah, I remember that therapy session I had with my therapist that somehow the night after it happened, I had a therapy session with her in the morning and I was like, I don't feel like I'm ever going to be okay again. I'm so this has happened before. I can't do it. I can't deal with this. I I cannot. And I felt so hopeless and I felt so low. And I was like, I don't, I one, I never know how I'm going to have sex again. Two, I don't know how I'm ever going to trust a man again. I don't know any of these things, how this is going to happen. But honestly, time healed everything for me. I will say time healed everything and not just time. I was in therapy. I was talking about it all the time. And I let myself feel every single emotion that comes with being sexually assaulted of the guilt. I feel like it's my fault. Guess what? It's never fucking your fault if somebody sexually assaults you. So I want you to right now stop and be like, that is not my fault whatsoever. And do not place that blame on yourself because it has, it is not your fault that someone else is so fucked up and did that to you. That has nothing to do with you. Unfortunately, you were the victim in that situation. And I'm so sorry if that ever happened to you, but it is not your fault. And I think that's something that you really need to remind yourself as well as I let myself feel everything. Yeah, the pain, the just like the disappointment, too. I just felt so much guilt. I felt so much sadness and I felt genuinely hopeless. I was like, I do not know how I'm ever going to trust a man again. And I do not know how I'm ever going to ride that dick again. I'm not going to lie. I was like, how how do I jump back on the dick after I've been assaulted? Like, it makes you really not want anything to do with men. It really does. And maybe that's where I get a lot of my fuck men mental- mentality. But at the same time, I don't think it is. I think this is something so much deeper than that. But you will love again. You will trust again. And you will get on that dick again. Okay. And it might and it might not feel like it. 
and it might not feel like it for a really long fucking time. But I just remember the first man that I was with after being sexually assaulted, like a year after the assault. Just I told him about it. I was really open and honest. And I was like, hey, this has happened to me. And I just don't ah, like ah, that's where I'm at. And he was like, listen, I completely get that. We'll take it at your pace. And the right man will say those things to you. And there's a lot of fear and anxiety that comes with it. But I say every step of the way healing from sexual assault you are doing amazing. You should feel amazing. And one day it is going to feel like a lifetime away, but you're never going to forget the strength and everything that you learned from it. So yeah, Um, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I'm so sorry that happened to like so many women too. But at the end of the day, you will get through it, even though it feels like you won't, you are 125% get through that. And you will come out stronger on the other end. And that motherfucker should rot in prison. Okay. And that's that. But I love you. And if you're dealing with that, I completely get it. And I just want you to know I've been in your position. I've been exactly where you are. And I know the feelings that you're feeling. Give it time. Let yourself heal. Therapy is an amazing resource. If you don't have that, I love journaling. I love talking about it. And yeah, just really allowing yourself to feel everything that you've been through. And just time heals all. Honestly, time heals all. And don't be afraid moving into another relationship with a man or a woman or anything like that, as hard as that is, give yourself some grace. Okay. This is like such a weird transition from like how sexual assault and I got all deep and then it's like, have you ever done long distance? And so how did it go for you? Uh, I did long distance when my ex last year, it was actually this, it was exactly this time last year, he went to the South of France to visit his family and he was going to be gone for two months and I did long distance until I found that dumb fuck cheating and I said "Mm -mm, long distance no more babe I'm not the biggest fan of long distance I personally do not love it just because I love getting fucked so it's hard for me to be long distance because like once I'm in a relationship with some because you guys know I don't like casual sex so once I'm in a relationship with somebody I'm like all bets are off fuck me 24 7 babe 24 7 and I think quality time is a lot of my love language so it's hard for me to do long distance but I'm not 125 percent against it and I've done it mm-hmm. yeah how do you know if it's okay to trust someone new if you've been done so dirty in the past listen We've all been done so dirty in the past, okay? There's not a motherfucker out there who isn't walking around with a little bit of baggage and a little bit of hurt, okay? We've all been there, unfortunately, but we've all been there. So you can either live your life two ways. One, not trusting a single soul because you've been done dirty by some whack-ass motherfucker in the past. Or you can say, you know what, regardless of what I've been through, I'm going to trust again. I'm going to love again. I'm going to allow myself to do that because I fucking deserve it. I deserve a healthy, loving relationship. I deserve all these amazing things. So I'm going to let myself love. I'm going to let myself trust. I'm going to let myself do those things. Because at the end of the day, if you choose not to do that, you're letting that fucker that hurt you in the past win. Okay, that's just that. So nobody likes to trust again. Nobody likes to do those things, but you just got to do it. And you're really never going to know if someone's trustworthy until... I always say give them the benefit of the doubt until proven wrong. Okay, so I give everybody the benefit of the doubt until they prove me completely wrong. So 
I'm always going to go into a situation with the utmost trust in every single way until somebody shows me that I shouldn't trust them that much. But I get like I've been done dirty in the past. Oh my God, I'm so scared. All these things. Yeah, that's so normal. And you should have a partner that's willing to work through that with you in the sense that they're pro- I've dated guys that are like, I'm scared. I've been done dirty in the past. It's like, OK, well, let's just try this out and I'm not going to do that to you and I'm here for you and I understand what you're going through. So we're both on the same page. Let's like keep it moving forward and just be open and honest communication wise if it's affecting you that much. But at the end of the day, you can't control when and you're going to get hurt or when you're not going to get hurt, but you can control how you respond to it. So yeah, I just am like, I'm not going to let the motherfucker that hurt me win. No, I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to keep it pushing. And every time after I get hurt, I always remind myself, bitch, I'm fine. If I've been hurt before, I can be hurt again. I'm always going to be okay. And that's all that fucking matters. So that's how I deal with hurt. What's my favorite store in New York? You guys, I want to say the most basic answer in the world. And it's just because I just discovered them. Brandy Melville. I love Brandy. I love Brandy Melville. Mm. but store okay love diesel I you guys know I have my diesel bag I do love them and I don't know I do a lot of online shopping so there are really cute boutiques like there's a boutique 13 Crosby which I really love I get some stuff from there just some like really cute amazing pieces uh boutiques in general yeah that I can't believe I said Brandy fucking Melville how embarrassing How do you set boundaries with toxic family members? I think it's very important to. I've had to set boundaries with a lot of people in my family and just been like, this is what I'm willing to talk about. This is what I'm not willing to talk about. You're not going to convince me otherwise or anything like that. I don't know. You have to be pretty headstrong depending on what the situation is. So let's just like I'm going to give myself an example. Let's say. I don't like talking about certain things with my family because we have different political views. Hey, love you so much. I don't give a fuck about your political views. So I really prefer that we do not speak about this at dinner. Okay, you can have all your opinions in the world. Write them in a journal. Me personally, I don't give a fuck. It's a like it's affecting our relationship and I don't think it's worth it. Okay, and just like honestly, like depending on whatever the situation is, just voicing how you feel, setting that boundary of, hey, I feel this way. I'd appreciate if you don't do that, if they don't listen, like avoid that fucker as much as possible. Honestly, I think that's and that's not even the best advice I can give, but I will just like avoid if you're not going to listen and respect my boundaries, then I don't need to talk to you. I don't need anything to do with you. And especially with family, it's hard. Well, it's like I'm your dad. I'm your mom. Da, 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 da. I don't give a fuck. We're both you hum- or I'm older than you. I don't care. We're both humans. We both owe each other respect. And if you're not going to give me any, I'm sure as fuck not going to give you any. So I set the boundary. I'm like, hey, this is what it is. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just very vocal and I'm very clear. I don't like when we talk about this. We have different views on this. I don't want it to affect our relationship. So I recommend we don't talk about it in general. That's kind of how I set the boundary or, hey, you're we're a little too codependent. I'm you're with me a little bit too much. You're a little too this. You're a little too that. I don't like this. I don't like that. Just being very vocal of what you do and do not want. How to feel okay with being single when all your friends and family are getting engaged having a baby. I have always been the single girly and I I do love that and I I have my little stints it's like my one month one to two month stints where I like fall in love with a man and then we never speak again um I have those often 
But for me personally, the reason I'm okay with having everyone around me in a relationship or dating, and actually it's so funny because it's like this time last year, everybody I knew was in a relationship. This time this year, nobody's in a fucking relationship. So just know it ebbs and flows. My biggest thing will always be my focus on my career and my work will always 100% be the most important thing in my life. So since I have that, I feel like it's easier for me to focus on that rather than be like, oh my God, why am I not engaged? Or like, why am I not having babies like everyone else in my friend group? You guys, I almost had a full fucking menti bee because my camera just like went off and I was like, that'll be my 13th fucking reason. Like I can't deal. I can't deal with like losing all my footage. I I probably would have lost my fucking mind. I don't know. I always have something bigger than like relationship stuff that I like to focus on whether that being my career whether that being anything like that also I just think it's important to know your time's coming like your time is coming it might not be right now and that's okay and everyone around you is at I like celebrating where everyone at in my life is at like I'll celebrate where they're at I I'm like you're having a baby I'm so excited for you I like celebrating and because I know when it's my time to come around it's just gonna feel I can't wait for them to celebrate me like that. So I'll always be like, oh my God, like you're so amazing. I'm so happy for you, all those things. But for me personally, career will always be my biggest and most important thing to me. So I feel like I focus on that when everyone else around me is in a career and stuff. It's like, bitch, I got goals and dreams to accomplish. I mean, everyone else around me is like getting engaged and shit. It's like, I don't want that right now. I want my fucking goals and dreams to come true. What is something people misunderstand about me? I would say... I would say that I have multiple sides to me. I feel like in the sense of I'm not always going to be crazy rah, rah, rah. Actually, probably 95% of the time I will be. But I think with men especially, I actually had this situation happen to me last week where I he was like talking about my Instagram reels and he was like, I see the clips, I see the clips. And I was like, okay. But if you listen to the full episode, you wouldn't, you would know that it's like, I'm, I don't know. In the sense where he was like, I was like, you can either, that's my job. That's what I do for a living. I stand behind every single thing I said. And that's that. I'm here to give women confidence. I'm here to build people's self-esteem all the way up. If you have a problem with that, you're just not the one for me. And I had him be like, do you want to know the truth of like what I think? And I was like, no, actually, I really don't give a fuck because your opinion doesn't matter to me. A random finance bro, I could probably never give a fuck about you. I thought we were flirting having a good time. I don't care what you think about my Instagram clips. I don't care what you think about my Instagram reels. I don't care what you think about the podcast. I don't care what you think about my TikToks because it has nothing to do with you. So I think that's something that's a big misunderstanding is that the men in my life are going to be like, oh my God, you're going to make a story time about me. And what if I fucking do? Nobody knows who you are. Like that's the biggest thing is I'm the main character, bitch, not you. This is my story, your supporting role. Nobody gives a fuck about you. And if you have a problem that I'm posting that on TikTok, I do not care. I don't care because nobody knows it's you. I'm very on purpose secretive about the people that I'm dating or the people that I'm talking to because I just, if things do go badly and I make a story time about that man, if I want him, people to know who he is, I'll fucking tag him, okay? And that's that. So I think people misunderstand that there's many layers to me than just my social media presence, 100%. Like there's, I'm not just gonna, yeah, I'm like, there's so many more layers to me than just that. I think that is something. But I'm exactly the same from online that I am in person. It's just that 
I'm not all the time going to be like talking shit, being da-da-da. Like, I like to have deep conversations. I like to get deep. I feel like the podcast knows that the most. Like, I do get deep. I like getting deep. I like having meaningful, knowledgeable conversations. And I feel like people misunderstand that about me where it's like, I'm not in it to date you to get a story time. I could give a fuck. I have enough content. I have content for fucking years. I don't need you. And I think that's something that people misunderstand. Do I have a back to December moment where I fumbled the pack and I regret it? Yeah. Ew. I thought you you guys were probably like, okay, she doesn't. She's like this. Eh, like Livy doesn't. I will say I had a moment where I had a man in my life and I was just not emotionally available enough to be with this person and I thought I was and I wasn't I was playing games I was being a fuck girl I knew exactly what I was doing and I was doing that strictly out of hurt and yeah and he called me on my bullshit he really did he was like your energy and like your attitude and all those things and I definitely did like makeup in my head that he had like a girlfriend anyways because nothing was leading me to that evidence I don't know I just him and this was like a while ago I think this was almost this was in December and I don't know I just at the same time I was like fuck him because like honestly fuck him but because if something's not meant to work out it's not meant to work out but I and he there was little aspects and little things that he did that I didn't love but I had a really great connection with him And I will say in that one sense, I did fumble the bag, but it wasn't enough to make me reach back out, if you know what I mean. Like it wasn't enough. I didn't fumble it that fucking hard. But I will say I just wasn't emotionally available enough to be with this person or give this person what they needed. And I couldn't meet him where he was at. I just could not meet him where he was at because I still had growing to do. I still had healing to do. And yeah, he's the only guy I will say out of everyone where I was like, I fumbled I fumbled a little and that's okay though because like I'm everything happens for a reason like that was meant to happen all the other men after that I'm like thank god I like thank god they're gone but him I was like he was a good one and he had a perfect penis god do I miss that penis and we never even fucked we never even fucked so I was like I'm like saving it (laughs) no I just yeah that's like the moment fumbled him and that's okay And I don't think we would ever speak again. Truly, I don't think we would. Or maybe he's my soulmate. We literally never know. But yeah, he was he was a good one. So I thought so that's that. But he does scare the fuck out of me. Anyways, that's that. Hey, Livy, what's the best revenge I've ever gotten? The best revenge. I always say the best revenge is no revenge. Like I'm never gonna anymore. I'm not gonna go and like slash your tires I'm not gonna go do that egg your house anymore okay maybe I would have in the past I'm not gonna put you on a dating site and like you know I'm not gonna do that but recently some pretty sweet revenge I did have was I had a brand deal and in the brand deal I used the reason me and this guy ended as one of like the main parts of the brand deal and so there was something sweet about making a bag off of a man that hurt you like I made a bag off of him like that hurt babe that hurt thank you for that 
because that <laughs> that performed well on t- like that that got me that bag that I needed. So thank you, babe. I think that was probably the best revenge I've gotten without even trying. I was just like, hey, this would actually be perfect for what my requirements are. I'm going to put it in there. And I did. So thank you so much, babe, for telling me I was too much and you just couldn't handle it because I made a fucking bag off of you. So that's the best revenge I've ever gotten. And I never did it maliciously. I never did it like that. When the opportunity was presented to me, I was like, huh, we're going to add that in there. We're going to do that. We're going to full send that one. So yeah. How do you detach from someone? (sighs) Mastering the art of detachment is fucking hard. You're asking. (laughs) I really like to. I do a cord cutting meditation. Look that up on YouTube. I like to like kind of Reiki myself, which is like. I just like to remove their energy from me and my space. So I like to sage. I like to do those things and just detach in the sense it's such a hard thing to do. It, you have to shift your focus 100 percent. You have to shift your focus onto something more meaningful, something a little bit better. That is how I detach when I because when you're like so obsessed with someone and you're like holding on and you want to fight and you want to I will shift my focus and I will just shift my focus onto me 100 percent onto me. And I'm like, here are all the things I need to be focusing on. Here are all the things I need to be doing. And just no contact is some way, a way to detach. But also like cord cutting meditation on YouTube. I'll do it every night before I go to bed. I'll sage my space frequently. I'll also do like I call my power back thing where I forget what it is, but it's if you look it up on TikTok, it's just like I call my power back. And it's a saying that you say that gives you your power back. I swear to fuck it works. So those are I should probably do an entire podcast episode about detachment. Um, one more question. What do I do in my free time? Okay, last question. What do I do in my free time? I love to, I okay, like my dream night free time. I love to be alone, you guys. I love to be alone so much. I love to be in my bed. I'll probably order sushi and I'll watch a movie. That is like peak alone Livy time that I love so fucking much. So that is what I do in my alone time. And I'll read a good book. I'll deep clean the apartment. I like to just be in my space. I like to be clean. I like to have my favorite food, like a good sugar fish night and a movie. Absolutely my favorite thing. I saw a psychic and she was like, you do best when you're recharged. So when I recharge in my bed and I'm just like with myself is when I do my best. Like I don't want to be around anybody. If I'm going to be around anyone, it'll probably be Sissy or Livia Those two are the only ones that I can actually like recharge with and barely. But I love to be alone. I love to be in my bed and I love to be just with myself. That is like the number one way that I like to spend my alone time is fucking alone or my free time is just alone. Or I'll go to like a farmer's market, get my favorite coffee and like read a book in a park, read my book in the park, something like that. Or I like to do like research on (laughs) a so random research on like astrology and things like that. So. 
Those are my favorite things. All right, that is it for this week's episode. I'm a sick girly. I feel it just coming back. And I'm like, I'm tired. I'm a tired girl. I love every single one of you. I hope you have a great day, night, evening, whenever the fuck you're listening to this. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, please. Leave so many gorgeous comments because I love responding to you guys. Follow me on TikTok, Instagram, threads, wherever. Everything is at She is Livy because I'm a branding queen. Anyways, I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. I'm waiting till it says 555 and we're done. Love you.